Well, good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt, and it's my pleasure to welcome you back to the Revel Brewing Show. This experience from our podcast has been on a bit of a hiatus from the airways for a little while now, but with plenty to talk about, we've fired it back up again to chat all things independent craft beer and Revel related. There's a lot that's happened over the past 12 to 18 months, so if you're keen to find out more, then keep listening along. Without further ado, roll the intro. Bit of Dutch courage. Everyone have a beer. Yeah. After eight beers each. We're well oiled. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Revel Brewing Show. You might uh, notice that this time round we're in a, a little bit of a different um, setting, uh, some familiar faces, some faces that you guys probably haven't seen for a while and there's probably a few reasons why uh, to all of that and this, this episode we're um, going to dive uh, right deep into I guess probably the last 12 to 18 months about everything that's been happening here at Revel. There's lots to speak about, um, the world's in fact I think a different place than the last time we did one of these. So we'll uh, talk a bit about how that's affected the business and you know, how we're, we're sort of thriving in the midst of all of that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, without further ado, I'm just going to introduce everyone on the, on the panel today. Uh, so we've got to my left, we've got Dave, one of our co-founders. Howdy all. <laughs> I don't know, you guys are all professional podcasters. It's just act natural. Haven't natural. you been watching Flex and Maddie for like the past 12 months? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have yeah, been taking okay. notes from those guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then to, to Dave's left, we've got Jay, the founder of Revel Brewing Co. G'day, everyone. And uh, a man who needs no introduction. Absolutely. He's been holding up the, um, the <laughs> podcast on his, on his shoulders with the help of, of Maddie Cuthbert over yep. the past. 12 months or so, Flex, uh, co-founder of the Rebel. face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we don't have to say those jokes. Yeah, just yeah. Come out. No, that means they're above board for this episode, right? 100%, 100%. Um, we got a benchmark. Exactly, exactly. Nice. So, yeah, we're, we're in, um, we're in the, new, the new facility here at Rivermakers in Morningside, um, and there's a, you know, a, a bit, bit of a story about this place and, and the history involved. So I think probably before we go too deep into anything... Um, Jay, do you want to tell us a little bit about the acetate of lime factory that we're in now, um, that's now our, our new brewery, and a little bit, little bit about it? Yeah, thanks, Matty. Um, so we are, as, as you've said, we're in the acetate of lime factory, which is a Commonwealth building that was um, commissioned in about 1917 to 1920. Yeah, um, somewhere around there. Yeah, mm. towards the end of it. And uh, it created a product uh, called acetate of lime, <clears throat> and that was... That was largely around a, um, uh, a policy in the government at the time for self-containment to be able to create its own munition supplies and military supplies due to the uh, supply issue during World War One. So instead of putting all of the places, all of the things together in the one geographical area, they distributed it across Australia. So acetate <coughs> of lime was here, molasses was up in Cairns, uh, cordite was down in Melbourne, and they bring all that together, they mix it together, and that essentially was what they used to make the rounds for our ammunition supplies for the World Wars to come, or the World War to come. So, you know, um, the process, the, the building itself um, is essentially a brewery of sorts, um, so it has all of the things that you would think of traditionally in a brewery. Um, it's got the, the big 30-something uh, metre chimney stack uh, for the boiler, it's got um, the fermentation houses, um, but the unique component here is um, probably the uh, acidifier house up on the hill. And what they did was they made an 8% wash, which is a beer of sorts, 
um, and it was then taken up and turned into a, a vinegar and mixed with another compound and they made acetate of lime. So for the first time in over 100 years, um, Revel Brewing Company has brought brewing back to this facility. Um, and uh, as of about, was it about August last year? August last year, yeah. Yeah, yep. we've, um, we've started um, brewing here um, in a, a bigger, better way. Fantastic. So what, what was it used for, uh, you know, before we sort of came in here? Like what, what was happening around here in this building? Um, well, there's several uses throughout the years. Um, so obviously its, it's founding uh, origins um, were, uh, it was a brewery um, to make the acetate of lime. Um, and then shortly after, there was a distillery house added to the side of it, um, and they used to make a, you know, a spirit, essentially, or an ethanol, and that was used in the Postmaster General vehicles to you know, get the mail out to the people across mm-hmm. Brisbane and the southeast, which is quite interesting. Uh, and then it was used for immigration, uh, for accommodation, um, when there was a huge push in Australia to bring more people in, yep. build up the infrastructure in Australia, all of the major cities brought in you know, I think that there was like targets like over a million people they wanted to bring in. <coughs> was that, that tied in after World War Two? Yeah, a little bit after World War Two. Yeah, so I think it was in. The, I think it was um, the European base for for immigration. This one for migration so back into. I think, migration, I think it was yeah. about three hundred, three hundred thousand plus people came through, came through here over the. 10, 10 plus years it was open. Yeah, and you can see that in the walls. Like um, the, the, the drawings and the graffiti across the walls, some of the historic stuff is all from that time um, where the immigration huts were put down. Um, a couple of timber buildings actually to m- m- still here. brick, and they're still here. Um, so you can see all of that when you come up. And then shortly after, um, it was you know, uh, taken over by various military services as well. Um, various ones and then largely in the 70s um, Hans Continental Small Goods so if, I don't know if everyone remembers the, little, the sausages <laughs> um, Mr Hans himself who was just up here the other day actually um, yeah they took over and they turned it into a large, largely a manufacturing facility for their yeah. sausages and, and salamis yeah well he's, he came through the immigration process um, in that time as well so it's nice bit of connective tissue um, that he came through that process and when uh, the, the immigration centre finally closed its, closed its doors. He, he came back into this building and, and put his uh, Han goods, um, Han small goods factory in here. So and it's cool. So it's always different links along the way of, mm. of people coming and going and different industries coming and going and, and things like that. And a nice, uh, nice little cycle of cycle of life. Mm. So my first thought is salami IPA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he rocked up the other day and I, I saw him. And I said. Who are you? He goes, oh, Mr. Hans. I said, oh, nice to meet you. Maybe we could do a collaboration. Do you drink beer? He's like, no, I don't drink beer. Like, okay, well, we won't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll scratch that yeah, one off the list. We'll yeah, move yeah. on to the next collab. Um, uh, but yeah, it was really nice to see him, and he was very amazed at what had happened with the facility because um, last time he had it, it was literally cold rooms and mm. manufacturing plant for sausage, which is very, very different sort of to making beer. And we've exposed a lot here, and um, we're showcasing the stainless steel but we're still manufacturing and making product, you know, the, the, the core product. Mm. Uh, so he was amazed. He was very excited about it. And um, it was just nice to talk to him. And he was, he was very proud of what his impact was on this site and bringing it back to life. And I'm and the boys were extremely proud to bring brewing of beer um, back to this facility, but maybe not for war items, but for making beer that people love to drink um, for our local community. So it's, um, it is a very exciting thing. Mm. Absolutely. So I guess... Yeah, just from what you're saying, a lot of history in this building. I'm sure we'll be able to tap into that at some stage throughout. 
You said spice it up. Yeah, yeah. Spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much spice. <laughs> but uh, no, I think a lot, a lot of history here. Um, how did you guys then stumble across this site? How did you guys, uh, you know, first find it and, and sort of yeah, get things going? Uh, yeah, so the guys um, from BMI, so they had the um, initial thought of creating um, this, this space into uh, something special uh, in relation to a handful of uh, light industries um, all working together in one place um, and creating some sort of a, a small hub and community. So they kind of uh, looked around the, the local area because um, small independent local producers is what the kind of the idea of the, the place uh, was. So uh, they stumbled across um, us down in Balimba um, originally and, and through that they spoke to um, Steve. Just a bit of steam going off. <laughs> it's uh, one of the brewers in the background. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very, very legitimate. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. yeah, they spoke to um, Hendo um, and, and he, they kind of, uh, he put in a really good word uh, for us. So they, they focused on coming and speaking with us um, about putting a, putting a brewery in here. So I think that was, I think that was probably just over 12, just over 12 months um, from, from when we opened doors down at Oxford Street. So very, at, the, at that time, it was a, a pipe dream. Like really, it was a, <laughs> it was a pipe dream. But, um, and saying that, a, a few calls went through to Jay and- I was um, on holiday. And I, I, I was like, well, I'm sick of these random numbers. And so I ignored it. And uh, I ignored it for a week. Mm. It was the same number coming through. Um, and then Flex called me and said, mate, someone's trying to call you, you and here's the number, you want to take it. It's about <clears throat> a historic um, area mm. uh, near Balimba. And this has always been in our business plan to expand into a historic sort of centre. And We had our eyes on some other things around the area that might still come to fruition, but uh, I was like, all right, cool, I'll, I'll take the call. Mm. And uh, that's when we, we first got introduced to the boys over at BMI um, yep. and sat down and had a, a chat about what is now called um, the Rivermakers. Rivermakers Centre, yeah. Um, um, precinct. Yep. So, yeah, no, it's, um, so, yeah, it was very kind of <laughs> quite ambitious at the start um, in relation to timelines and everything like that and um, understanding the image, uh, the, the industry and, and all that type of stuff that we were, we were playing in and um, the scale um, of the project. We knew that would probably push out a little bit so that gave us a bit of confidence um, and risk management on that side of things to, to pursue it. Um, we were definitely not ready. Though. <laughs> <laughs> we were definitely not ready. We, we were still um, so there was a lot of forward planning and a lot <laughs> yeah. of building yeah. up to that in the 12 months yep. and uh, 12 plus months um, actually sorting out all the kind of the leasings and, and what the future holds for us in this precinct as well. Mm. Um, so we kind of took that really big risk and and really built into it um, over that period of time. and um, yeah, We grew into it, for sure. Cer certainly, um, a lot of factors have helped us along the way. Um, Not COVID, though. That really didn't help. <laughs> yeah. No, that little chestnut. We didn't even, didn't even scrape, the, scrape the surface of that one. But let's take on an um, expansion when we're not ready, right when a pandemic's about to start. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sounds like a great idea. So it was, yeah. I mean, we, we, got, we got, at that time, we got comfortable and we were like, yeah, this is, this is good. We can do this. This is fantastic. Like, we're, we're, mm. we're where we are when where we need to be. And then in the next six to 12 months, we, we would be undertaking these plans anyway. So, um, so that's why we, we dived right into it. We committed to a brewery, um, outlaid 
a substantial uh, amount of uh, finance, and uh, that was probably in what was that like January 2020, and then our nice little f- friend COVID came along, and um, the only hair that I had left left my head. Um, <laughs> it was like luscious. <laughs> it was actually quite luscious before that. It was like an 80s uh, uh, MTV uh, film clip. Just so envisaging, envisaging that um, Homer Simpson episode it's like where, where he's the like, wind the, goes. One, the one is, yeah. is gone. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that pretty much, pretty much summed up the start of uh, the 2020 yeah. saga. But everything happens for a reason mm. and we kind of risk mitigated all the way along. Um, it forced us to, to change the way that we thought and how we did business as well um, and, and different milestones that we would build into the next phase of, phase of the company and the business. Um, so, I mean, all in all, it's, 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 been, it's been a fantastic journey, very, very difficult. Um, so Character forming, to say the yeah, least. Yeah. A lot about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's, just been, it's, been a, it's been a great journey um, as well. So yeah, wouldn't change it if we could. Maybe a little bit, but no, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd probably still take the pandemic out of it. <laughs> 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 we don't do need this. that. I think <laughs> what we do really well at Revel is we look at the we look at the positive side to any 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 bad situation, and that whilst COVID has been the the challenge of a of a century, you know, for everyone, mm. um, there is some good that comes from it, um, and I think one of the big things is. A lot of businesses that have survived and thrived through it, they've had a mindset of, well, how can we make this work for us? How can, how can we continue to keep our people together and pivot and do something really unique that can cut through all the noise and keep us to survive? Um, and we did, I think one of the most proudest moments of you know, um, having this company was walking down on that weekend in March when the government announced that they were shutting everything down for a proper a full lockdown. Mm. And I walked in to the Oxford Street um, restaurant and our team at the time all sat down with me at the, at the picnic tables out the front and they said, this is really bad, but we've got a plan. I said, all right, well, let's talk about it. And we went through what they had formulated in their mind as a pivot so we could go full online and open up a whole new style of menu with bringing pasta to complement our wood-fired pizza. Nonna's Kitchen. Nonna's Kitchen. Oh, mm. and so good. You know, the, the infrastructure wasn't set up. We didn't have any of the materials. We didn't have any of the cooking area. Because I think everyone knows we literally had one wood-fired oven. That's what we did everything in, including mushrooms and chicken and bacon. So we had to pivot very quickly. And I think within 48 hours, we were doing um, hand-baked bread, um, about eight different pastas, um, all of our traditional pizzas. Um, and we were doing it online with our refreshed website, with a whole new delivery portal. Um, and community got behind it so you know if that hadn't happened we never would have hustled we never would have built that infrastructure which we've now stood upon for the past 18 months and the community may not have even known that we were there because one thing that did happen through lockdown and I think any business owner in any region that has been through a lockdown will tell you if you're still delivering or operating during lockdown everyone looks local because they can only go 10 kilometers most of the time so they're getting onto the internet and they're saying what business is around me that I can go to to just break it up it might be a meal it might be alcohol it could be you know whatever and so now when we come out of lockdown from time to time um people are still aware of rebel when they may not have been aware before mm. so that awareness 
has really benefited um, our business. And I think that that similar story I've heard from other brewery owners and other restaurateurs. Mm. So yeah, it's fantastic. And I think that every business owner now needs to have that plan as part of their business plan. They need to, they need to go, well, this has been around. It's not going anywhere really, f- uh, perhaps for forever yeah, um, yeah. It, it, to some degree. So yeah, it's just great that uh, everyone was able to just change uh, you know, so quickly and just keep keep moving on. And it must have been proud also, like, not just with the team, but then to see the community support as well because I know that there was plenty of that still. And and also, too, on the side of um, the brewery, like, still then choosing to show up for the community. I think that's oh, yeah. an important part of that as well. Mm. Yeah, it's so good to still be here. Like, it, it's actually humbling to not only um, be, you know, building another facility and expanding, but to literally just still have a business. Um, it's because of the local community within 10 kilometres around mm. Belimba. Like, if they weren't there and they weren't supporting us and to this day continue to do so, we would be... We've been in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that is... It is very humbling. Mm-hmm. And they were there prior to the... You know, 95% of our clientele has been our local community prior to COVID. Um, but... You know, now there's so much more coming from that community that continue to provide that support. So we're looking at ways, um, cons- like, as much as possible in the future to continue to support our community through our, our local um, community hubs, um, sporting events, um, the school charities, all those sorts of things, um, and being an event sponsor wherever we can um, to support that, that, that community because that's what keeps you going. Exactly, and it's, yeah, it proves it in those times that that's what you need to keep going. G'day listeners, it's your host Matt here again and I just want to say a quick thank you for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page at Revel Brewing Co. Belimba or send us a DM on Instagram. Our handle is at Revel Brewing Co., all one word. Again, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe on your podcast player to stay in the loop. If you're from the local Brisbane area, we'd love to see you in the brewery sometime in Oxford Street, Belimba. Until next time, remember... Good people drink good beer.